Good morning. Buenos dias. Welcome. Bienvenidos. How good it is to be worshiping together this morning. If you're worshiping online, if you could just take a moment, type into the comments where you're worshiping from. For those who are in the sanctuary in person, you could turn to a neighbor, give a wave, say hello, howdy. How good it is again to be worshiping the Lord. And just a reminder for those who are at in-person worship, uh, masks are only required if you are unvaccinated. So if you're vaccinated, uh, you do not have to wear a mask however we ask. If you're going to sing, if you could wear a mask, we just have not been able to get good guidance from the CDC about uh, singing in person. So if you're going to sing, if you could uh, just uh, mask up. Thank you so much. Uh, For those who are newer, to MCC, um, or for those who have been around for a while, uh, there is a welcome to MCC card in your pew. If you could fill that card out, um, especially we want to know if you'd like a name tag. Uh, So if you could uh, fill that card out, uh, and especially look at the back of the card um, for further uh, information. Just place that card into the offering plate uh, when it comes around. For those who are worshiping online, there's going to be uh, uh, something that's posted uh, that you can uh, fill out. Uh, Just a reminder that uh, Bible study meets every Tuesday, 6 p.m. online, 7 p.m. in person. There's also every Sunday at 10 a.m. on Zoom, there's an adult spiritual formation class. Uh, so there are multiple opportunities to grow each week at MCCLV, and we also offer, as you heard, both in-person and online opportunities. Uh, if you could like and share the worship broadcast, that would be super helpful. Uh, it's okay to take out your phone while you're in the sanctuary. Uh, and for those who are worshiping online, just uh, click the like button and then click the, the share button on that broadcast. We never know who may be in need of a good word from God. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, there, also, there will be a communion liturgy today. For those worshiping in person, you received a communion kit on your way in. If you did not receive a communion kit, you could put a hand up in the air so that we can bring one to you, okay? And for those worshiping online, get your communion elements ready. Uh, Go to your pantry. Oh, there's need of a a communion cup here. Uh, For those worshiping online, uh, if you are uh, participating in the communion liturgy, you can get your elements now. Get your bread, your cracker. Uh, Go to your refrigerator, get your juice so that you can participate in that communion liturgy. Uh, And I believe that completes our worship-related announcements. If you can please rise as able, let's join in saying together our church's purpose statement. MCCLV's purpose is to worship and serve God through acts of justice and compassion. For those worshiping online, type in the word peace or use the peace emoji for those... Turn to your neighbor and give a peace sign. Let's share a sign of peace. We have lit the first two candles, one for hope and one for peace. Today we light the third candle the candle of joy. This should be the easy one because joy is all around us. In the children, the lights, the music, the gathering together, 
But how often do we let our preparations or our memories push joy to the side? Joy is like an underground spring that wells up within us. But joy is also a choice, an attitude, like a muscle it needs to be exercised. So today we open ourselves to joy, trusting that God has already planted it in us. All we need to do is give it care and offer it to share. Let us pray. Loving God, we open ourselves to you, trusting that this is how you made us. You created us for joy-filled hearts and lives. Show us the creative power of hope. Teach us the peace that comes from justice. Fill us with the kind of joy that cannot be contained, but must be shared. Prepare our hearts to be transformed by you that we may walk in the light of Christ. Amen. I lay my burdens at your feet. I'm letting go of all the things I can't control. In my frailty, Lord, I find your strength. And I'm depending on the love that won't let go So I trust you, I trust you, I trust you Oh, you are my peace So I trust you, Lord, I trust you, I trust you my peace I don't have to be strong cause you are my strength oh you are my strength oh you are my strength and I don't have to hold on cause you don't let go oh you don't let go oh you don't let go Lord I trust you I trust you I trust you oh you are my peace all you weary come and lay your burdens down this yoke is easy there is rest to be found all you weary Come and lay your burdens down This yoke is easy There is rest to be found I'm going to sing that again All ye weary Come and lay your burdens down His yoke is easy There is rest to be found All ye weary Come and lay your burdens down His yoke is easy There is rest to be found, Lord, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you, oh, you are my peace, yes, I trust you, Lord, I trust you, I trust you, oh, you are my peace.
The Apostle Paul wrote that we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Paul knew that better than most, if we know anything about Paul's background. And I like his use of the word all there. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. We all separate ourselves out from God, and yet there is God again and again with those wide open arms welcoming us back. Let's join now in a unison confession, faithful and forgiving God. We confess that we have too often ignored and dismissed your messengers. We have too often heard only what we want to hear and close our ears, hearts, and minds to your many messages. We like to keep spiritual things on the surface and are not always interested in deepening our faith. Help us to know your will. Slow us down. Encourage us to take some time to listen, to pause, and to reflect on the messages that you have so lovingly prepared for us. Out of this holy time, equip us to serve and give and pray and heal and worship with joy. Amen. As your sibling in Christ, let me assure you that we are a blessed and we are a forgiven people. Praise be to God for God's endless forgiveness. And praise be to God for this opportunity to pray with one another and to pray for one another. And for those who are worshiping online today, we're going to ask if you have any prayer requests, just type those prayer requests directly into the comments so we can pray. For those who are worshiping in person, what we're going to do is I'm going to pause in just a moment and we'll take that that time to lift up any prayer needs we might have, a person, a situation, a circumstance. And so let's pause now and lift up those prayers. We thank you, holy God, for children and for the gift of children. We love hearing their voices in the sanctuary. And we thank you, God, for your messengers who have proclaimed your message of love and hope throughout the ages. Help us to clear the pathways to our minds and our hearts and spirits that we might make more room for you in our lives, Lord God and make more room in our lives for your chosen one, Jesus. If there's anything blocking us from coming to Christ this Advent season, we humbly ask that you remove any barriers. Show us today where we need to be refined and repentant. Give us the strength to not just ask for forgiveness, but also to change our ways so that they're more in alignment with your kingdom living. Trusting in your power, oh God, we want to take some time this morning to call down your healing to anyone in need. So if there's anyone worshiping today who is in need of physical healing, we're going to pause. We're going to send all of our positive prayer energy to that person or to those people. 
who are in need of that healing power of yours, oh God. And we trust, oh God, that your healing power is poured down in abundance. If there's anyone worshiping today who's in need of mental or emotional healing, we send all of our positive prayer energy to that person, to those people who are in need of mental or emotional healing. We trust, Lord God, that your healing is poured down in abundance. If there's anyone worshiping today who is brokenhearted, anyone who is run down, anyone who's frustrated, anyone who's angry or confused or lonely or feeling misunderstood, we send all of our positive prayer energy to that person, to those people, and we trust, Lord God. We trust that your healing power is poured down in abundance on all those in need. Thank you, God, for this time of worship. We thank you for your inspiration, your healing, your hope. You love us with a great big love, God, and we are overwhelmed. We love you, God, and we pray that our worship is pleasing and acceptable to you. Put within each of us a heart for worship that we desire to worship you all of our days. And let's all say, amen. Comfort my people and calm all your fears. The day of salvation is quickly drawing near. The one you long to see will soon set you free. Oh, come, Lord Jesus, come. Oh, come, Lord Jesus, come. Silence the thunder, silence sounds of war. In all destruction And comfort those who mourn Your dream draws near Your vision is here Oh, come, Lord Jesus, come Oh, come, Lord Jesus.
bring you greetings from Arizona where I'm staying at a family member's house and look what I'm standing in front of. This is called a bougainvillea. Isn't it a pretty flower? And isn't it amazing? God's creation is so amazing. All the colors that we get in God's creation. And God has created each one of us uniquely and differently and boldly like these flowers. And isn't that amazing? We have an amazing God. Let us pray. We thank you and praise you, God, for these precious, wonderful children that you created. Lord God, you couldn't imagine the world without each one of these children in it. We thank you, Lord God, and we know that you're going to bless these children, continue to grow them in all the ways you want them to grow. Amen. Good morning, Church. Metropolitan Community Church of the Lehigh Valley is committed to serving our church and community with justice and compassion. In Acts chapter tw 20, verse 35, we hear, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. As we gather here today in person and online, we cannot forget about the needs of our neighbors around us right now about our care ministry, which helps members of our congregation, about the food gift card program that has fed many families in our community. To continue to be blessed with God's work, we do need donations of offering every week. If you are struggling financially due to the COVID pandemic and cannot donate, we do encourage you to pray for MCCLV. We are also aware that some have received the gift of still having a job and receiving abundance. For those, we ask that you give a portion of your earnings to help us continue our works and be fiscally responsible. Trust in the Lord. He is with you now and with our beloved church. You now can set up to donate monthly from our homepage and our PayPal page. It's a great way to make sure that your gift goes directly to the church's needs, no matter what time of year. Of course, you can give now in person during worship. Please send checks to MCCLV 1401 Greenview Drive, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania 18018. May God bless you and keep you. Our first reading today comes from chapter 3 from the prophet Malachi. Hear God's word for you. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to the temple the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, this one is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of the messenger's coming? And who can stand when this one appears? For the messenger is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. This one will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver and will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old and as in former years. Here ends the first reading. Our second reading today comes from chapter 3 of the Gospel according to Luke. 
In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip ruler of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias ruler of Abilene during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. John went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make God's path clear. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made direct and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Here ends today's readings. Praise God that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Church, will you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable unto you. May we be open to you, Lord God, to your word and to your way, we pray. Amen. Well, today's message focuses on messengers, messengers preparing the way. And we heard about two messengers in the two scripture passages. First, we heard about an anonymous messenger in that reading from the prophet Malachi. And then we heard about a messenger named John the Baptist, and that was in Luke's Gospel. So we're going to start off by taking a look, a closer look, at that passage from Malachi. Now that messenger, that anonymous messenger in the prophet Malachi has been variously interpreted to be Elijah or to be uh, interpreted to predict the arrival of John the Baptist. The messenger in Malachi has also been interpreted to be God. And there's no scholarly consensus on who specifically the messenger in Malachi is. Uh, And there's also something else that's kind of strange. You see, typically in ancient times, the messenger had no autonomy. Messengers were not empowered to act independently, uh, except to choose what route to get, one mes- to get a message from one location to another. Messages were written on scrolls. They were signed by someone with royal authority, and then they were hand-delivered and sometimes read aloud by the messengers. And the journeys of messengers might take them through really pretty dangerous territory where they might might be detained, they might be interrogated, mistreated, or robbed. And once the messenger was granted an audience by the recipient of the message, the messenger recited whatever message they had been given, right? So there's not autonomy here. There's not the ability to act independently. And at the decision of the host, the messenger returned home with a reply. On the other hand, a messenger who brought difficult information or a bit of bad news, that messenger might be killed by the host. And that's where we get that phrase, right? Don't kill the messenger, right? Well, quite literally in ancient times, uh, that would happen from time to time. Now, what makes the messenger just kind of strange in our reading from the prophet Malachi is that they don't follow this typical messenger role. Instead, that messenger in the prophet Malachi is completely empowered. In both of today's scripture readings, the featured messengers don't just share the message, they 
are the message. Okay, so in Malachi we hear that the messenger is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. The one who will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver and will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. So God works through the messenger to refine people who receive the message. And that refining process is not meant to destroy anyone. Spiritual refinement is instead meant to transform us. Okay, spiritual refinement, the refining process is meant to transform us. But anyone who has ever witnessed a piece of furniture being refinished or flooring being refinished, you know that it takes some muscle. Like on this next slide, there's the hardwood floor on the left, right? Before being refinished, before being refined, right? And then after the process. That process took some muscle, right? That took some muscle. Likewise, God has to muscle us through the refinement process. And we know somewhere, somewhere in the deepest part of ourselves, we know that we have spiritual gifts to share, but we may have kept them under wraps. Now, if we let God, if we let God, God refines us. And in that process, God reveals to those around us our gifts and our graces. So imagine God working on us, like refining, refurnishing a piece of furniture or redoing floors. So the passage from Malachi, the messenger's refining fire, is to refine metals. As metal melts under a refiner's fire, the pure metal is separated out from the impurities, and then they're discarded. Now, over the years, we have all collected impurities, and we've carried them in our bodies, in our minds, or in our spirits. And God's refining process, what does it do? Well, it helps us to put away our cynical thoughts that we've gathered over the years. God's refining process helps us to put away judgment of others. God's refining process helps us to put away our pessimistic attitudes, helps us to put away our explosive, angry outbursts, helps us to put away the lies that we tell ourselves and the lies that we tell to others. The process lasts a lifetime. I have been through countless numbers of God's refining processes, and that's what makes me and that's what makes every one of us, that's what makes us works in progress, right? It's a lifelong process. We are works in progress. So God works on us, and it's not always a comfortable feeling, right? God sometimes has to scrub away at our layers of spiritual defenses in order to refine us. Now, the passage from Malachi also mentions that the messenger is like fuller's soap. What in the world is fuller's soap? Well, in ancient times, a fuller was a person who bleached and dyed cloth, which, like refinishing furniture, if anyone here has ever dyed fabric, you know that it's a process that involves some muscle, right? Some twisting of the fabric, some squeezing, some working on that cloth. Now, sometimes God is exceedingly gentle with us. 
And sometimes God is quite demanding on our lives. Now from time to time, God whispers sweet affirmations into our ears. And then from time to time, God basically shouts directives at us. And I need both of those styles from God, okay? I need the God who comes in that still, soft voice. And I also need the God who comes in the storm and the wind. Yes, amen, baby. We all need spiritual affirmation. We also all need spiritual growth, right? We need the affirmation from God, and we need the growth. There's nothing to fear when God challenges us. We need only revere God, respect God. The reverence of the Lord, remember, is the beginning of wisdom. So says the Psalms and Proverbs. Now, the prophet Malachi, I do want to mention this, makes special uh, mention of the refiner purifying the sons of Levi. Well, the sons of Levi were the ones who were assigned to assist the priests in the temple. Now, if the spiritual leaders are not willing to submit to God's refining process, why would anyone else, right? Why would anyone else be expected to enter into a refining process? Now, part of our resistance, I think, to the refining process is that it hasn't always been clear, or we may come from a faith background where the refining process was actually very clear, and it was very anti-feminist, or very anti-LGBT, or anti-intellectual, or anti-any other number of things. Uh, Let's remember this, that the spiritual refining process doesn't work via formulas. You just say or do these three things, and shazam, you are refined. That's not how it works. The refining process happens over a lifetime. And it's not so much about the work we do, but it's about the work we let God do in us. I'm going to say that again. That refining process is not so much about the work we do, but the work we allow God to work in us, what God works in each of us. So once we let go of having to prove ourselves to God, once we let go of having to prove ourselves to the church or prove ourselves to the world, and God can really start to work in us and on us and through us. And we can't take the credit. Instead, we just give the glory to God. Now in our gospel passage today from Luke, Like the messenger in Malachi, John the Baptist, he not only delivers the message, he also is the message, practicing a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, I would have loved to have been present while John was baptized, and it was probably such an inspiring scene. John prepares people for the arrival of Jesus by offering this baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, repentance has been, I've said this many times, but I'm going to say it again, repentance is a word that's been completely and totally misused over the years. And a practice of repentance, it simply means a return to God. That's what repentance is. Sin is separation from God. Repentance is a return to God. Now, more specifically, the Greek word that's used in the Gospels for uh, repentance is this word metanoia. And what that means is a change of mind, right? A change in direction of our minds. 
Now, I like that John the Baptist starts with the mind because I'm with the prophet Jeremiah that the heart is deceitful above all else. Our hearts can be tricky and they're often an unreliable gauge of anything. John the Baptist knows that the way to move the heart and enter into the transformed life is to start with changing the mind. John the Baptist, he is a spiritual genius. He knows he's not the one changing people's minds. It's God working through him. So one of the most helpful things to let go of on life's journey is acknowledging that we may never change anyone's mind. Okay? Amen? Can I get an amen to that? We can never change anyone's mind. We don't have that power. We can lift up the person to God. We can pray for a change of mind and a change of heart, but we cannot control anyone's transformation process. And we do have to make peace that some people may not be transformed until heaven, right? And once we realize that we cannot change anyone, we free ourselves. Oh, it is so freeing. And we free the other person. And the bonus, one of the bonuses, is that we no longer have to have those really long arguments over email or one of those really long arguments. Have you ever seen them in social media, uh, in the comments? You know, those types of, of arguments. Repentance is between us and God. And this Advent season, I've started a simple practice of repentance. So during my prayer time, I say, God, I repent of my sins the ones I know about, and also those ones that I don't know about. <laughs> Thank you, God, for your forgiveness. I don't always know where I'm off track. I don't always know where I'm separating myself from God's will. And I figure that practice covers me, right? I invite God to work in me, and I, I hope I'm able to understand where God is leading me. So in the Hebrew Bible passage, we heard about a process of refinement. And then in the gospel passage, we heard about the process of repentance. So sometimes messengers bring messages of glad tidings and great joy, and sometimes messengers bring messages of refinement and repentance. And it's all good because it's all from God. And all are asked to respond to the messages. And there are a number of appropriate responses to the messages. Yes, thank you. No, thank you. Or, I don't know. Uh, for instance, we are provided with sales messages constantly. And we dutifully respond to these sales messages, right? Yes, I will buy that thing. No, I will not buy that thing. Or, I don't know if I'm gonna buy that thing. We are provided with media messages constantly. We dutifully respond to these messages, right? Yes, I will repost that story. No, I disagree with that opinion. Or I don't know what to do with this information. We are provided with political messages that we respond to, along with messages from uh, friends and family, along with all sorts of work-related messages. We have an amazing capacity to respond to a variety of messages quickly and efficiently, and yet we also have an amazing capacity to avoid responding to spiritual messages. 
Right? Jesus provides a message, very simple message. Follow me. And what do we often do? We ghost Jesus, right? Simple message, follow me. Oh, we ghost Jesus. God provides a message through the prophet Malachi saying, let me refine you. And we may pretend we didn't hear it. John the Baptist provides a message of repentance and we say that it must have gotten lost in our email. (laughs) It's pretty easy to let someone else do the spiritual heavy lifting, right? We can leave the prayer to someone else. We can leave the generosity to someone else. We can leave the worship to someone else. We can leave the hope to someone else. We can leave the grace and the mercy to someone else. We can leave uh, the study to someone else. We can let others greet the visitors. We can let others heal the sick and teach the Sunday school classes or serve people in need. It's actually pretty easy to evade and avoid spiritual responsibilities. The great thing is God forgives us. God forgives us whenever we avoid responding to a message. There's nothing we can ever do to be outside of God's love and care. God is always present with those open arms, no matter how closed our arms may be to serving God and serving God's people. Now, the appropriate response is not to overcompensate, right, and take on too much. Be at the church participating in activity upon activity upon activity, thinking that's going to earn us a relationship with God. God loves us. End of story. God desires a relationship with us. The question, I think, is whether or not we want to grow in God. Do we want God to refine us? Do we want to enter into that lifelong process of repentance and have our minds continually changed? That's a lot of transition, right? Do we want to enter into that process? Well, some might say at this point, well, if God loves me no matter what, then why bother with strengthening my faith life? Why bother with deepening my faith life? Well, that's a pretty low bar to set, right? To just let God love us and then we do whatever we want, right? That's not really true freedom. That's just an obsession with the self. (laughs) So let's imagine for a moment a person who has loved us unconditionally for many years, many, many years. Maybe it's a family member or a friend who has been loving even when we did not deserve it. Imagine ignoring and avoiding this unconditionally loving person over the decades. Yet that's what we do with God sometimes, right? That's what we do with God sometimes. And sometimes we just don't trust the messengers that God sends our way. John the Baptist certainly wouldn't be high up on the list of trusted messengers, right? Now, I love looking at different artists' rendering of biblical characters and biblical stories. On this next slide is uh, John the Baptist, (laughs) and this is Carlos Vallejo. Vallejo. And John was a little out there, remember, with his dietary practices as well as his fashion choices. According to Matthew's Gospel, John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. On this next slide is St. John the Baptist in the wilderness. And it's painted by an artist named Kahindi Wiley. And the painting's at the Seattle Art Museum. 
And what Wiley does is he restages classical portraits and sculptures, replacing historical white subjects with contemporary subjects of color in order to subvert the whiteness that has long dominated Western art history. Uh, you may remember Wiley in 2018, he painted uh, Barack Obama's presidential portrait. And then on this last slide, we have St. John the Baptist. This is painted by a young artist. Her name is Gracie Morbitzer. We never know what God's messengers may look like. And I always appreciate an artist trying to capture a character from the Bible because it often helps us to enter into the story or consider a story from a different perspective. God's messengers may not be the gender we expect. God's messengers may speak with an accent. God's messengers may dress differently or may be much older, much younger than we would expect. May use phrases and lingo with which we're not familiar. Just because a messenger doesn't look like or act like what, what we would expect doesn't make that person any less God's messenger. And some people may have dismissed John the Baptist, and that's too bad. Dismissing a messenger of God is missing out on spiritual growth. It's missing out on inspiration from the Holy Spirit. Now, John the Baptist had the honor of baptizing Jesus, but then, unfortunately, John ran into trouble as he proclaimed God's message. He was imprisoned for criticizing King Herod, and John was eventually executed by Herod. It was just an absolutely grisly death. And all four Gospels tell John's story with different emphases. John prepares the way for Jesus. And in today's passage, it is made clear that this preparation for Jesus involves repentance and forgiveness. And what a wonderful way to prepare for the coming of Jesus Christ, changing our minds, recognizing that we are forgiven. Now, I never ever get tired of hearing a message that I am forgiven. It's like food, yes. It's like food and water for me. It's what keeps me going week after week. I always get another chance with God and another chance and another chance. There's nothing that can keep me from God's love and mercy and grace. That is good news. That heals the soul. I've been asking people in recent weeks to pray for MCCLV, that the community comes to Christ this Advent season. And coming to Christ is what? An act of repentance, right? What's repentance? A return to God, change in direction, change of mind. And so we're going to take some time now to just think on some things, some of God's messages and how we're receiving those messages or not receiving those messages or avoiding those messages. So let's just um, take on a spirit of prayer. And that spirit of prayer can be any way. For those, you can keep your eyes open, eyes closed, hands out. However God is calling you to pray, whatever prayer posture uh, God is calling you to uh, at this time. And so let's just take some time.
We really want to know God. We see this as an opportunity for growth in this worship service. What is it that we as individuals, Lord God, what is it that we need to change our minds about? Where do we need to change direction? Is there a message that we have been missing from you, oh God? Is there a message that we've been ignoring from you, oh God? A message that we've been avoiding? We humbly ask that you tune us into your messages, Lord God. Is there a person in our lives we need to change our minds about? Is there a coworker with whom we need to display more patience? Is there a family member with whom we need to be more generous? Is there a neighbor we need to gain a different perspective about? Lord God, is there a friend we need to support in a different way? Is the person we need to change our minds about ourselves, Lord God? Do we need to accept ourselves as forgiven and redeemed? Do we need to love ourselves as much as we love our neighbors? We remember that commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. If we're not loving ourselves, Lord God, we know we're going to have a difficult time loving our neighbors. Do we need to understand ourselves as gifted? Each one of us provided precious spiritual gifts from you, Lord God. Do we need to change our mind about prayer or Bible study? Do we need to set aside our fears that we're going to be bored (laughs) or not get it? Do we need to change our mind about serving people in need like the homeless or people who are marginalized? Do we need to change our mind about privileges that we may be coasting on? Privileges like white privilege or male privilege or economic privilege or able-bodied privilege or citizenship privilege? Do we need to change our minds about any shame we may be holding on to, be it internalized homophobia, internalized biphobia, or transphobia? Do we need to more fully embrace, Lord God, how you have created us? Do we need to change our minds about any shame we may have in identifying as Christian? Is there someone that we need to come out to as a follower of Jesus? Do we need to change our minds about the power of your Holy Spirit, God, to heal and to make new? Do we need to change our minds, Lord God, about where we have placed you in our lives? Are you, God, are you on the periphery of our lives? Are you on the edges? Do we call on you when it is convenient? Or are we moving you more toward the center? And just briefly here, what is it that we as a community, what is it that MCCLV needs to change its mind about? Where do we as a community of faith need to change direction? We just don't want to stay at the individual level. We want to pray about the community too. Are there any messages that MCCLV is missing from you, God? Any messages that we're avoiding or ignoring from you, God? Is there anywhere that you're calling MCCLV to be more faithful or discerning or wise? Make your will known, Lord God. Is there anything that the church needs to be more aware of and alert to in order to build up your kingdom? 
And is there anyone MCCLV needs to reach with your message of never-ending love? Again, Lord God, we thank you and praise you for your messages, for your messengers. Help us to receive this day in the deepest part of our soul, your steadfast and never-ending love. Amen. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. His name is called Emmanuel. God with us. His name is called Emmanuel. God is with us. We lift up our hearts and we give thanks to God for this opportunity to commune with one another and to commune with God. Praise God for the inclusive gift of love and praise God for the gift of Jesus Christ. On the night on which Jesus was given over to suffering and death through the betrayal of a friend, he gathered with a group of disciples. Jesus took bread and after he had blessed it and given thanks for it, Jesus broke it. Jesus gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. After the supper, Jesus took the cup. And after he had blessed it and given thanks, Jesus said, Drink of this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for the remission of your sins and the sins of the whole world. Let us take a moment of silent confession to confess to God all we may have done or failed to do to keep in right relationship with God. Let us pray. Bless these gifts of bread and fruit of the vine. We thank you, God, for the forgiveness and joy we experience as we share this holy meal. We receive your never-ending love and healing at this table, and we are grateful. How good it is to commune with you, God. Amen. Our faith is a mixture of past, present, and future. We remember what God did for us in Christ. We experience now the spirit of living Christ, and we look forward to God's continuing promise of us of growth and new life. And so we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Praise God for this bread for the journey and this cup of new life. Let us now share this meal together. His love went on long And his love went on reaching 
right past the shackles of my mind and the word of the Father became Mary's little son And his love reached all the way to where I was. We offer you praise and thanks, Lord God, for the continual messages of love we receive from you each and every day. We thank you for the message of love that you've expressed through this communion liturgy. Uh, You want to commune with your people, and we're in awe of you, Lord God. We thank you for this opportunity, and we trust in you, Lord God. We trust in you for mercy, grace, and blessing always. Amen. Please rise now as able. Let's join in our commission and blessing. We are grateful to you, O God, that you have empowered each of us to be messengers of your love and your grace. We go now into the world with a message of hope. Amen.
Amen. Go now in peace to love and serve the Lord. Vaya con Dios. Walk with God. Amen. Thank you.